Hello, everybody. I'm Flood the Drummer. Thanks for being tuned into the Drumming for Justice podcast. It's Wednesday, June 6th, and today we're going to talk about local politics in Philadelphia. And joining me for that conversation is Mr. Anton Moore, who recently became the youngest ward leader in the city. Anton Moore, welcome to the Drumming for Justice podcast. Hey, what's up, Chris North? Love the drummer! So, Anton, on Monday, June 4th, you made history, I understand. You became the youngest ward leader in the city of Philadelphia and the first African-American ward leader in the 48th ward. You replaced Mr. Lee Schwartz. How you feeling, first of all? I'm feeling good. You know, um, it's kind of weird. It, it hasn't really hit me yet, but... Uh, it's, I, I'm excited about it. You know, the challenge of trying to get people engaged, civically engaged, um, getting people out to the polls. You know, now the buck stops with me now here in the 48 Ward. So if the numbers are low, blame me. If mm. the numbers are high, thank our team. Mm. So city, the city of Philadelphia is geographically divided into 66 wards. Each ward is further divided into 10 to 50 divisions based on population. And every four years during the primary election of the governor's race, registered Democratic voters in each division elect two of their neighbors to serve as the division's Democratic committee persons. Now, you were a committee person before, right? Yes, how, how, how long were you doing that? I did one term as a committee person. And what was your job for that? What were you supposed to be doing? Like, what was your responsibilities? The responsibility for committee person try to get people out to vote, but also engage them on various issues. A lot of times they say, oh, you know, your job is to just work on election day and engage people um, to vote. But you also have to look at you want to engage them throughout the year. Find out what the resource that they need so that you can help them, but also encourage them. So when you come to them and say, look, I need you to vote, it's not a problem or issue because you've been there the whole entire time. So the committee people, they, they come together, they, they form a committee, and then they vote for the uh, the ward yep. leader, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened on Monday. Yep. How many people voted for you? Um, Out of, uh, because it's 37, it was 37 people in our ward, but only about, if I'm not mistaken, let me get this right, only 30 people showed up to the meeting. Mm. So I had 24 votes mm. to Lee Schwartz four and to Stephanie Hassan's two. Four? He only got four votes? Yeah, he got four votes. Why? I don't know, but, you know, people are pressing for change. They want to see change. Um, They've seen that I've been uh, working in the community and getting things done. So they were just like, you know what? It, it, maybe it's time for a change. Mm. It took some phone calls, some mm-hmm. arm twisting, counting votes, you know, letting people know, explain my case and make a case that I'd be good for war leader. And when it was time to vote, you know, I overwhelmingly um, beat Lee Schwartz. So for people in Philadelphia, these names will sound familiar. I'm just going to read off a few of the people who are ward leaders in the city. Donna Reed Miller of the 59th Ward, former mayor Michael Nutter, the 52nd Ward. Uh, You also have people like um, Janie Blackwell, Joel Williams, Rosita C. Youngblood, Anthony Hardy Williams. Uh, is Is it safe to say that you're part of the machine now? You're part of the city's Democratic Committee? I'm a part of the Democratic Committee, but I'm not a part of the machine. Mm. Um, I have my own thought process. And winning this, I don't owe anybody anything. You know, something that I did on an independent level. And we went out and um, made this happen. And uh, it's something that, you know, we look forward to changing and trying to just uh, 
overhaul the system a way that you get people out to vote. So that's really the job of the ward leader is to, to make sure that people come out on election day? Yes, to get them engaged and also educated about the issues and also the candidates that are run for office. Yeah. So is this going to be a precursor to you maybe being city commissioner? I mean, do people, <laughs> do people use ward leader jobs as like, uh, or not to say ward leader jobs, but the ward leader position to kind of catapult themselves into a different realm of politics? Or is that not what you're thinking about? I mean, I don't know. I'm just focused on right now, and this is a little political answer, and this is how they do it. No, don't give me no political answer. I'm, hey, hey, <laughs> I'm just focused on my job of being a war leader and whatever comes down the road. No, you don't, You never know, Chris. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about what I'm doing and accepting this challenge. Not many people have, have had the opportunity to get in a position like this. Most people just jump to an elected official seat or get things handed down to them. But in this case, you know... Um, I've been elected as war leader, so I, I'm trying to fulfill my duties with this and then make a move to the, you know, who knows? Do you feel like your celebrity helped you become war leader, helped you win this election? No, it wasn't as a celebrity. It's about the work. It's mm. one thing. So you think it was just the body of work? The body of work. Not a cult of personality. No, people know what I do. You know, they know I'm in the trenches. They know I'm out in Wilson Park getting work done. They know I'm out in, in, in Grace Ferry, in Tasca, Point Breeze, in different areas. So they're like, yo, he's helped us. A lot of people on the board I've helped before along the way. Helped so, in what way? Like done what? Whether it's kid helping their kids get jobs, whether it's helping with expungement, helping the young kids get jobs, help people find housing, hosting fundraisers, um, doing job readiness clinics and different things like that. So, you know, it's a lot of things we help our residents with. Mm. So what do you, how do you want to differentiate yourself from other ward leaders who have served before you and who are serving now? Like... There's a narrative on the streets that I know you're aware of that, like, ward leaders are trying to get their palms greased. You know, they want street money on election day. Uh, they try to manipulate the votes and, and hold candidates hostage. I, I, I'm sure you're not naive to that narrative and that reality or something, right? What's going to different you from, from that prevailing narrative? What's going to be different from me is that we're going to focus on the people, the community, getting the votes up, getting people out, getting them educated on the process. I don't want to keep things the same way and just say, oh, we're just going to have fun and we're going to party for four years and grease the... No, that's business as usual. Mm. We're going to educate the people, um, register them to vote, get them under a text message system so that every resident in our ward get notified when elections are coming out, know about the mm. candidates. And Is that something like that doesn't that. happen right now? I don't think it happens right now in this city, but I'm looking to do that. We're ushering a new wave of change, and um, that's what we're looking at. You know what I mean? And I, and I tell you this, I hope this sends a message to other young folks in other parts of the cities and wards and divisions that, mm. look, it's time to get up. Mm. Get up, go out there, work hard, engage the community, and make a difference. So what's the process? How do you, how do you run for ward leader? What do you actually have to do? So, you have to convince your committee people, you know? And if you think you got some other committee... So, you got to be a committee person first. Yes. You can't just jump and be a ward leader. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so does it start block captain, committee person, ward leader, go yeah, up like that? Yeah, you know, it's the process. But if you know some committee people that's just doing good work, I mean, you know, everyday residents that are doing good work, get them to run for committee people. Mm. You know what I mean? Inspire them. That's what you can do. If you're young and you're listening right now... Talk to those young folks and say, look, why don't you run for committee person? Get them to run for committee person. Um, beat out who's in there. And then you control the votes that basically take place when it's time to vote for the war leader. Mm. So you become a committee person. What happened that made you say, all right, I want to be a war leader now? 
the, the, the one thing that inspired me to become a war leader now is um, I said to myself, one Donald Trump. Donald Trump? Yep. Um, if you look at it, if 27 more people came out in every ward, Donald Trump would not have won Pennsylvania. And every ward in the state? In the city. How do you know that? Because, uh, you know, it's been proven facts and the numbers that already came out that, you know, Donald Trump won Pennsylvania. He didn't win by that much. You get what I'm saying? But he didn't win Philly. He didn't win Philly. But Philly is such a big city that it can overpower the entire state. You get mm. what I'm saying? So when they tallied up those numbers, they looked and said, look, if Philly came out, 27 more people in each division, I mean, you got about I mean, 66 wards. You get what I'm saying? And if I'm not mistaken, that's thousands of votes. Mm. So if you get those people to come out, then we could tap into it and have a good shot at beating Donald Trump come 2020. And that's my goal. I'm looking at... So you're motivated by 2020. No, no. I'm looking at three things. I'm looking at the governor's race. I'm going to implement a 90-day strategy and plan. When's the governor's race? uh, In November. Of this year? Yes. Right. I'm looking to implement... Oh, right, because we just had the the primaries. I'm looking to implement a 90-day strategy to um, get people out to vote in my ward so that, you know, the numbers could turn out good for Governor Wolf. Then I'm looking at the city council race and the mayor's race. and different 2019. Yep, up, up in those numbers. And then the big dance is 2020. Mm. You know, um, and so you've really thought this through. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm very strategic. I may not talk about things. People may see me. But late at night, I'm up strategizing, trying to figure out how can we change things. And as you can see, being a war leader wasn't easy. Most people who have no seats was either passed down to them, whether it was political operatives and different things like that. If you go and check my track record out... I'm an independent mm. community activist that work hard in my community to get things done. And it's not that we do this just around election time and like that. We do this all year round. So when I tell everybody it's time to go out and vote, they're like, okay, cool. You're mm. always there. And that's what people look at. So, you know, just strategizing with my executive team, um, looking over the numbers to see how we're going to roll this 90-day thing out, this 90-day initiative out to get Governor Wolf reelected. That's Pennsylvania Governor Wolf. He's the Democrat. And do you know who he's running against? Who's Republican? I can't remember the guy's name. Wagner. Wagner. Tom Wagner, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The Battle of the Toms. Yep. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the 2019 race because um, then, then we get to the big dance. That's for mayor and city council 2020, uh, 2019, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, which, what, do you, what are the numbers that you're looking at? Like, what do you want to see from your ward? And do you plan to... I don't know if this is allowed, but do you plan to kind of intersect with other ward leaders in other parts of the city and maybe come up with a whole strategy for the city, not just your ward? I want the model we come up with with the 48th to be used across the board. Mm. You know what I mean? If we're going to fight Donald Trump in the long run 2020, we need to get to the table, strategize, and see what's the new way forward that we can that we can implement to beat Donald Trump out. Um, city council, I want these numbers to go every election cycle. I want us to get better and increase the numbers. Mm. And that's what we're looking to do. I'm taking a hard look at these numbers. I've been looking at them for the last two or three days. I've been looking at my committee people. We're going to break this down in subcommittees. And in subcommittees, we're going to have different people doing different things. Like, for example, we're going to have a voter registration committee. We're going to have a bereavement committee that works with people who die in the community and stuff like that. We're going to have a community outreach. We're going to have a fundraising committee. So all those subcommittees are going to be broken down and have people working in different areas so that we can engage throughout the year so that we can get them to the polls. You can't play the hocus pocus game where you say, hey, I know I've been missing 
uh, or the abracadabra game. I know I've been missing for, for three years, but hey, I need you to vote. See, people are going to say you're using me. Mm. We don't want to use people. We want to engage. We want to assist and we want to help the residents and help them understand the uh, election process, but also go there and cast their ballot. We want to work with young men as well, mm. getting these young men to the polls. If you know, I've been working with young men for years, but I look to make some appointments. Um, I have several open seats in my ward, and I look to make those appointments, and I want those young people to be young because I want... So I wait, want, let's slow down. What kind of appointments do you get to make as a ward leader? So... um you get to work with, you know, your committee people and y'all can talk about the, the vacant seats and you can appoint them. You can appoint committee people? Yeah, because they're vacant seats. Um, I'm looking at working with my committee members and looking at some of the young up-and-coming people so that we can teach them the process, the political process, and get them engaged so that they can be committee people and pass the torch. Because what we can't do is 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 have a closed door policy. We must mm. open it up, give people an opportunity to engage, and then also bring the younger generation along for the ride. You know, and and speaking of that, Shania Bennett, a young lady who's eighteen years old, committee person, she's a part of my executive mm-hmm. board. Shout out to her, South yep, Philly. Yep. I think she's like maybe the youngest committee person. Young, youngest committee person, but on top of that, she's our secretary. Mm. So I'm looking to 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 uh, have her head up the the the. the uh, the youth outreach to the young people. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh. this is like the first step of building power, yep. isn't it? Yeah, it's like the I first. mean, some could say, right? Like some could say, you know what I mean? This but, is because it's a process. It's a process, but um, we're looking at all angles of how can we increase those numbers, and we're going to do it by grassroots engaging the community on a grassroots level. What do you say to those who say that the way to make change is to not participate in the system, but to kind of like? Overthrow it, kind of like a like work around it, circumvent it, and 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 you know that you know there you're gonna have critics now who say Anton, you you have just become part of the city's elite, um, and you're not going to. I mean, you're gonna be maybe easily corruptible, and you know how do you what do you say to those people who say maybe you shouldn't you know engage this system in this way and continue to to make change on the outside. Um. Well, a lot of them who say that don't know the work that we do in the community on an everyday basis. Mm. If you notice, if you if you ever been to the things that we've done or talked to the people that we work with, we always had an independent mindset. Even when it was cool and popular to go along for the ride, I stood my ground and say, look, this is what it is. And I don't have no problem telling the elected official, um, uh, representative, like, we're not doing this. This is the way things are going to go. And being a part of this system, um, I'm given the opportunity to the voices, to the, to the young voices in the community, to inspire them to get involved. So them people who are talking that trash, oh, this you know, easy corrupt, this, this, and that, you've never done real work. Mm. What are the ways in which this office or this seat can be corrupted? I mean, again, we talked earlier about the narrative that war leaders try to get their grease palms. What are the ways in which this seat could be exploited if one chose to do so? One, because, one of the reasons why it happened is because of lack of identity. A lot of these people who get these power, they've never done anything in their no, life. No, but I'm saying is, how does that corruption manifest? Like, what, what, do, what do people actually do in this role that's, that's wrong? How, how do people use this, this seat for wrong? Like, what are the powers or the influence that it has that kind of, like, entices people to do bad? One of the things is they don't give candidates an up-or-down vote. I may disagree with you. What does that mean? Up-or-down vote is, I may disagree with you. Just because you might have paid for election day operation doesn't mean we're going to endorse you. You get what I'm saying? We'll, what we're going to do in this ward 
even if I don't agree so, with so, you. So, because I want to be able to people understand this, because this is probably new to a lot of people who mm-hmm. are listening. When you say they pay for the election day, you say a candidate would pay for the entire election day rollout? Well, you know what? I can't say that. But a candidate is involved in, like, trying to persuade you to just endorse them, and that's it. You get what I'm saying? Okay. But I believe in the process of every candidate that runs in my ward, they're going to get an up-and-down vote, and they're going to get an opportunity to speak to my committee people. Okay. So a forum, not just say, I know you, yeah, we're going to put you on the first of the bottle or whatever. No. We're going to... um, we're going to uh, have an up and down vote with my committee members. We're going to meet, and then we'll decide on who we endorse. Everybody's going to have a voice. Mm. You get what I'm saying? If and you, you say that's not the case in, in other districts? A lot of cases, it's not. Mm. It's not. But we're going to open up that process and say, look, because you want to get a voice to the voiceless. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So if a candidate is a writing candidate and they're trying to run, we're going to give a voice to that person as well. Because that's what you call being a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't do that. They try to shut them out. Oh, you're not an establishment, so we're going to leave you out there to dry. No, everybody's going to get an opportunity to address my ward. Hmm. Do you think that's going to make you a threat to other districts, other ward leaders who, who 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 see that as like an imposing model that they don't want to follow? It's and, and and the irony that it's too democratic. Maybe, but it's the right thing to do. Mm. Think about that kid that's sitting home, may not have political insight or may not have political friends. They want to run for office, and I tell them, "Oh, look, you know, you don't have enough money, or you don't have no political friends, so we're siding with the establishment." No, we're going to give that person a voice and open up this, open up the room and say, "Present your case." Mm. It's just like at my war meeting, our first um, election meeting, everybody had an opportunity to stand up and get nominated. Mm. Anybody who wanted to get nominated, they were able to nominate. Themselves. Where do these meetings take place? So these meetings, I, I don't know where ours is going to take place. We're, we're working on that. You know, we're just two days in. But um, the meeting took place at 23rd and Snyder at Yesha Hall. Okay. So as the ward leader, you're going to determine meeting location, meeting time, yeah. all that stuff? That'll be my, I'll be working with my team to, de- to decide the location, what time we're going to meet, and uh, what direction we're taking the ward in. Hmm. And how, how often and how long are these meetings? Are these once a week, once a month? We're probably have it once a month, but we're going to have email chains and conference calls, checking in. You know, just finding out how many people did we get registered, who are we engaging, who doesn't live in the neighborhood anymore, who need to be registered at a new address. We're going to look into all that. Mm. So speaking about voter turnout and, you know, kind of like local politics, the last election we had in the city, real big election, was the DA's race. And we saw an uptick in voter turnout. Uh, We had over 100,000 people vote for Larry Krasner, right? That was an uptick, Mm -hmm. considering that. It was still small, though. Yeah, it was still small. It was only 20% turnout. Woo! Uh, <laughs> so that was for the big DA's race, and that was following mm-hmm. our DA going to jail, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. So, like, even even having your DA Seth Williams being pleading guilty to a single charge of corruption, even though he was indicted on twenty three counts, he goes to jail. You have this progressive guy, you have other members who are running, and you still only get twenty percent. How do you overcome something that seems just like this baked-in apathy in this city? That's just, just a voter apathy. That's just a culture of the city. You're, you're lucky if you get 20%. If you get 20%, break out the fucking balloons and let's celebrate. People, Philadelphia is number two in big cities in deep poverty. Mm. And, um, number one, isn't it? Number one. The biggest, the yeah, biggest uh-huh. poor city. So when you look at that, people are suffering. Mm. You're telling people who can't find jobs and they're going to bad school and school funding is down. We need you to vote. We need you to vote. Well, I've been voting for 20 years, and look what it's got me. You, you have to look at that. You mm-hmm. have to understand that. It's like somebody drowning, and you like, you, you, you throw in the life. Like, if, if, I, if, if you vote for me, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pull you up. People get tired of playing those games. 
So, you have so it's people. actually almost apathy on the other side, where politicians seem to have the apathetic to their suffering. They, they disappear. They disappear. You'll see them coming around during election time and say, look what we're doing. Look mm-hmm. what we're doing. No. Engage throughout the year. So when it's time to vote, it's like a relationship. You've been there already. Mm. We were married to each other. It's not hard because you get to educate people on what to, what's taking place. And you get to manage their expectations. Say, look, this is what I can actually do yep. in this period of time. This is what I can do in this period of time. This is just not reasonable. Yep. And Instead of just promising people the world. Yeah, like playing games like Chris Norris. I want to come on Wilder Street and we're going to turn it into uh, Disney World. It's mm. like, come on. You know what I mean? But you look, And also being honest. You tell me what you can do and you can't do. If you can't do it, apologize and say it is what it is. Mm. But I think you have to engage throughout the year. It's mm-hmm. key. People want results. And if we're going to get anywhere in this city, we have to engage. And people want to remove themselves out of poverty. We're in deep poverty. People are suffering. Mm-hmm. They want jobs. They want opportunities. So we have to be that bridge that connect them with the resources. And that's what I'm looking to turn the 48th ward into. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the youngest ward leader, so I know a lot is riding on that. What do you think people are expecting from you? And I assume others may be expecting, hey, he's the young guy. He's probably going to make some mistakes, right? Yeah, they, I know. Yeah, people are saying he's a young guy. He's going to make some mistakes. But um, I think people are expecting. And I've received a lot of phone calls of saying, let me see what he's going to do. Like, let me see what direction he's going to go in. Mm. We're going to do it just like we do anything else. We're mm. going to do it to the best of our ability. And we're going to turn it up. But, but what are the expectations? Like, what are some of the outcomes you can say, all right, look, I'm six months into being a ward leader. Here's what you should see with me. You won't know until the election day numbers come out and you look at the 48th ward. You know what I mean? So we're currently in the process. We're going to meet next week and we're going to strategize how we're going to take this 90-day strategy mm-hmm. to turn some of these things around. Some numbers come back bad. We got some some work to do, big work to do. They come back good. We still have more work to do. Over the years, we're going to try to improve these numbers. What's a re, what's an acceptable voter turnout number for you in the city of Philadelphia? A reasonable number. I mean, people would want to say 100%. We're not going to get 100% of people voting in the city. But what should we have? We should have, really. We should have 100%. But if we get f- progress... That's what it is. Mm, if you say that's that, a good answer. Yeah, progress. If you say the DA's race is 20% and we get to 25%, then I say, you know what? We're, we're heading in the right direction. Now, if we go backwards, then that's an issue. You feel what I'm saying? We have to keep pushing forward. So 2020, when mayor, when, when, when 2019 is when council and mayor is up for re-election and you want to see 25%. That's a, that's a benchmark. If we did 20% for DA, we should be able to do 25% for mayor and council. If all the war leaders can work together and come up with this one uniform strategy, I think that um we'll get there. You know what I mean? We'll we'll get there, but we have to come up with a strategy. We just can't say, uh, you know, my war leader, we only we only engage twice a year. Mm. You know what I mean? That's uh the, the, the primary and the general election. So you know, I'm I'm it's something to think about. Mm. And, you know, being a youngest war leader, I'm charged with turn, trying to turn this around. You ever just ponder the number 20%? Like, that's a really, really low number. There's 1.5 million people who live here, right? 10% of 1.5 million is... Uh, I should have tried to do this on the recording. <laughs> 10% of 1.5 million, I think, is... Um, 10% of 1 million is 150,000. Right. So 20% would be about 250,000, mm-hmm. right? So about 200, 250,000 people voted in this city. Mm-hmm. based, uh, And so, like... Some people are winning really powerful seats with, I mean, look at with the DA. Well, only 100,000 
150,000 votes. Some people are winning council seats with 80,000 votes, 70,000 votes, 60,000 votes. And we just saw... We just saw a state rep win with less than three uh, candidate win for less than three thousand votes. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, uh, Malcolm Kenyatta won up in North Philadelphia. So you look at it, man. We had to engage, engage, engage. And but we I think there's people who want that shit low. They want the voter to turn out low. They don't want people to really be motivated to, to do up. anything. You know, it's almost like Hulk Hogan when you beat Hulk Hogan down and he's taking the hits like damn. But then you get that one hit and it's like he turned that hit and like who. You mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. to energize. That's how we gotta look at the voting block. You know what I mean? So we're looking to do some things. I have a big task in my hand. You know, I'm working on this documentary, mm-hmm. my organization. So, you know, I, 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 do you have time for this? Can you juggle this? Hey, listen. As long as I'm alive and breathing, I can do anything I want. As long mm-hmm. as I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. What's your lastly? What's your message to the young people? Again, young man or woman who's listening to this, who didn't even know what a ward leader was until today, and and they're hearing some of the responsibilities that come with it, the job description. I mean, what do you, what do you say to them? How do you, what's your message? My message to the young people: get educated. Let me tell you something about them. Uh, about if you're a new you know, uh, activists, learn your neighborhood. Mm. Understand your neighborhood. Talk to the people. Don't go into neighborhoods pointing fingers and telling them what they should be doing. No. Listen to them. Just imagine somebody coming into your house telling you, over move, move your furniture over here. You're going to get irritated. And that's how it is when residents, you know, people from the outside come into these communities and tell them what to do. So I look at it. I tell the young people, get involved. Get engaged. Educate yourself. And execute it. Mm. Don't ever get scared about going up against the giant because at the end of the day that giant had to grow in order to become a giant and so just like yourself you might be a small giant but one day you're going to be a big giant so, and you shouldn't be scared to challenge the machine it's interesting that you use that term giant did you feel like you were going up against a giant when you went against uh, lee schwartz yeah, I, I, you felt like you were going against the machine. Yeah. But I, but I did it strategically. You know what I mean? I worked behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Had some people run for committee people. And then, you know, went for the vote. I knew it was over before I got in there. Mm. I knew it was over. I walked in there with some strong votes and said to myself, this is it. Mm. And as they was reading the, the names and, and they was counting the votes, I said, okay, this is a win. What do you think is really going to test your uh, prowess? The the this governor's race or twenty nineteen when it's council and mayor, and it's really something that local people are going to sink their teeth into. I would say the gov- I would say the council race mm. because people are going to be like, you know, look at that. Oh, who did you back or who did you guys uh, pick for certain positions? So from? even those people, people who are running for council and who are already in council, are going to have to come before you. Like city council at large, mayor, and all yeah. those different, yeah, city commission and all that, judges. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll be seeing some of them people. And what will they have to say? What will you have to say to them? Are they like making their case to you? Making their case to my team. Wow. And we see who we want to endorse. That's a lot of influence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to, you know, being young and being able to sit in that chair, you know, I have big shoes to fill. So I'm going to fill them to the best of my ability. And we're going to make this work. It's only Wednesday. So this has only been two days. Have you truly processed what this means for you, your life, your, fu- your future, your neighborhood, you know, the, the, the kind of social change you want to see for the city? Have you had any time to really kind of process that? I think what people don't understand is that this is not going to be a vacation for me this summer. Mm. Like I'm under the gun this summer. You know what I mean? I'm under pressure. So I have to deliver. Why do you feel like you're under pressure? So I have a lot of things I'm doing in the community. The community is like my wife. 
Mm. Um, it's something that I enjoy and something I love, breathe, and eat and sleep. Mm. So with all the things that's taking place this summer, I have no time for vacation. I'm going to be working through the summer with filming this, closing out this documentary, working on Unity in the Community Annual Peace Week celebration, and then dealing with this ward, this ward initiative. Mm. All right. Tell people how they can follow you online, where they can, uh, you know, your social media handles, where they can learn more about your nonprofit organization. You can log on to our website, unityinthecommunity215.com, to learn about Unity in the Community. You can follow me, Anton Moore, on Twitter, Anton Moore 14 or you can hit me up on Instagram, Anton Moore 14 You're more visible on Instagram. You're more active on Instagram. Right, I never really see you tweet anything. Yeah, I, think, I think Twitter is, has its moments, but yeah. it's not anything. I watch. I'm going to watch, but I'm not sitting on there doing anything. Okay, of course, you can follow me across social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Flood the Drummer. Subscribe to the Drumming for Justice podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever else podcasts are available. Leave five stars and a review. For Anton Moore, I'm Flood the Drummer. Thanks for listening. Until next time, hey, I'm Drumming for Justice. Hey.